Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Divine Feminine Revolution. I'm Dr. Megan Monday and I have the energy alchemist, Mary Langfield with me. I'm super excited. I love to talk all things energy work. So I'll just let you kind of introduce yourself and do a brag intro. Like tell us a little bit about you and your work. Thank you. Well, I'm super excited to be here. Yes, my name is Mary, and I love helping people feel more energized, more joyful, more playful, more able to tackle their purpose instead of dealing with heavy symptoms like migraines or PMS or, you know, basically anything that plagues you from back pain to TMJ tinnitus, whatever. So like when those things are really dragging you down, you aren't really able to live into your real purpose because you're constantly distracted. So I love being able to help people really calm those symptoms, if not relieve them fully, and then allow them to say, okay, like where do I really want to focus my energy? I don't have to focus on the symptoms anymore. I don't need to be distracted. I can now just start working on what is, what is it that I really want to be doing with this time here on the planet. I think that's so powerful because like pain demands attention and you know my background as a psychologist so we always say like emotions are messengers. Yeah. Like people that have had trauma, you know, are really vulnerable, which like who hasn't had trauma in some form, right? Um, especially in this, you know, journey that we're on. But, you know, so many people like look to modern medicine and modern medicine just like a lot of times doesn't have the answers. I just had a client in here today who was having probably some ascension symptoms. She's like, I feel dizzy. I have my stomach hurts. I feel groggy. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. welcome to the club, you know? And so I think it's so powerful um, to really like present an option for people to be pain-free because it's really hard to feel good when you're in pain. I completely agree. I feel like when you, you have those pains, you have the symptoms, it's just so like you decide to entrench and live with it, like not live with it because obviously, but what I mean is like you identify so clearly with it, right? Which I'm sure you see all the time with your clients. And it's like, they are their pain. They are not the fun. They are not the playfulness. They are not their purpose. They are the pain. And sometimes, you know, it's really hard for them to just operate in regular day-to-day life because they don't feel like they can talk about anything else. And then that pushes them away from other people. Their relationships get strange. I mean, I'm sure you see it all the time. It affects everything. Yeah. And I mean, we know in the coaching world, like mindset is such a powerful thing. And yet I think that like self-fulfilling prophecy piece and, um, 
people, like, I think the biggest obstacle that I work with in healing people is just their identification, like you said, with a diagnosis, whether it's a physical one or a mental health one, you know, we wrap that up in our identity so much that that belief system is like, you know, sort of the, the heaviness factor. And then, um, you know, I think we, we try to run from the pain, which like keeps it there even more. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me a little bit about like your story and how did you, like, what was like the before and after, how did you get into energy alchemy? Well, I started out wanting to heal myself, right? Because I had, I definitely had a mood disorder. I definitely had gut and food sensitivities. I had back pain all the time. And I just had really, I mean, I would think generally, I would say I probably had really low self-esteem. You know, like I grew up thinking that I wasn't very intelligent. I felt like I had to like, it was like pushing the boulder up the, the hill. Like it just everything always felt really tough. And as I was trying to figure out my diet, right, and trying to figure out why, you know, my weight and stuff, I ended up stumbling um, into health coaching, And I became a health coach and I really, I mean, I changed my life. I felt like my brain turned on, the mood swings weren't there anymore. Like every, like I kind of tended to all the fires. I had acne, I no longer had acne, like all the things. And, um, but you know, there was this like niggling little, like things still weren't really right. And so I kept picking things up. Like I always wanted to be a yoga teacher. I always wanted to study yoga I didn't think at the time I looked like the yoga teacher kind of, you know, um, and then I finally did it, which was great. It was a more of a spiritual kind of a training class. That's what I wanted. I want to be connected to what is out there and pulling that in and using those techniques with my clients really started to have such a more um, lasting effect on people's healing. And then I still had so, and I was also studying Ayurveda, which is Indian medicine. I did Reiki, um, lots of other practices. I've did other people's programs to like learn about sexual healing and all, you know, like I pulled all these different resources, but then the thing that really came full circle for me to say, like, I'm an energy alchemist because I do help people find that passion and that excitement and the energy and zest for life. Um, but the thing that really stuck was that I ended up seeing a classical homeopath and I had been flat on my back for six days. I did, you know, drag myself to the doctor. I went to the chiropractor. I went to the massage therapist. I went and I had acupuncture. I did all my tools and nothing was working. I literally had to like fall out of bed and like crawl. And I went and I saw this woman and she just asked me some questions that were all very weird. And I was like, okay. And she told me to take these pills and I took them and I was probably, if not 95% better the next day, like almost, it, it was ridiculous. And I was like, okay, you know, my clients are struggling to adhere to their rigid, like either the supplementation, you know, people hate taking pills, you know, supplements or eating certain ways or like everything felt so rigid. And I was like, wait a second, if this is something that like opens everything up and makes it easier, I want it. Right. And so, and, and my classical homeopath was like, you should become a homeopath. And I was like, I just had a baby. I don't think that I should, no, you should become a homeopath, you know? So then I went and I did homeopathic school. It was a four-year program and it's been amazing. And the, the, it's like a catalyst for everything else. So I love, I love using it with all of my other things. So all of a sudden I was like, 
I guess, I mean, I don't really know what to call myself, right? I have got this and that and the other. So I just said, I'm going to call myself an energy alchemist because I work with energy. Yeah, I love that. Homeopathy is so powerful. And, you know, what it makes me think of is that, especially today, like we're living in such a prescription drug society. And um, I think a lot of times it's working against the system. And I know very little about it. But what I do know is that um, we are like way overdosing everybody in homeopathy. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of almost like microdosing. It's just like signaling the body to like activate its natural healing um, yeah, it, that right? it stimulates the system naturally. It doesn't, in, in theory, this is the yeah. thing that's so weirdo about homeopathy is that in theory, there's nothing in the pills I give someone like literally there's nothing right. Um, it's past Avogadro's number, like, but it is the energy signature of what the thing was. And so when you're looking at somebody and I look at somebody with their total symptoms, you know, when they come to see me and I do homeopathy with them, I'm probably meeting with them for two to three hours. And then I like spend a couple of weeks studying their case because I want to understand them as a full person. Can you see how the art died a little bit? Like it's a bit of an investment, not only for the client, but also for the practitioner. And, but yet the outcome can be so great, you know? So, um, but yeah, it just kind of signals, this is, this is the kind of energy that this person is exuding. This particular plant or mineral is kind of like that. You give it and it just kind of allows things to come into balance. Who doesn't want a magic pill? And basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not always, it, it's amazing. Like the, my example with the back pain, like w acutely, it's amazing. I can get my kids to go right back to bed. Like the whooping cough thing, like the seal bark cough in the middle of the night, people freak out, you know or there's a fever in the middle of the night. Usually I get my kids right back to bed. The fever goes, the, the cough goes. Sometimes it's really magical and exciting like that where it's like, wow. And then there's the chronic cases where it takes some time, but like suddenly, oh, the hip pain's gone. Suddenly, like the thing that they came for is gone. And now they're like, but what about this? And what about, you know? And so it's a, it's a matter of a journey, but um, yeah. It's exciting because I think people a lot of times, if they're going like more traditional methods, feel like really disempowered about their health. Like I see this in mental health where, you know, you see like the drug commercials and they're like, oh, your neurotransmitters are fucked. <laughs> Excuse my language. Um, but, you know, like that's not the reality. That's like one layer of the reality. You know, there's all about like what you're thinking, what's going on in your life, you know, like how you're taking care of yourself. And so... I feel like traditional medicine has just like very like disempowered, like go to this expert and take this pill that like may or may not work, you know, and obviously like we know as healers, there's so much more to that. I just sent a couple of my therapy clients over to get energy healing um, with one of the Fearless Feminine Academy graduates. And it was amazing. They came back and it was like, they're a totally different person, you know? And so I can't recommend healing techniques enough because if you're looking for that transformation, um, you know, like you have the power within you to do it. It's just sometimes you need that catalyst of a healer to kind of like activate it. Like you're saying, like, you know, tap into that energy signature. Yes. I love that. It's so true because I, I just feel like we just, like, I, I always am telling my clients when I'm coaching with them, right. I'm like, homeopathy isn't the only thing, but it's the thing that makes all of your efforts feel easier. Like it makes it feel doable versus like, okay, I got to change my mindset or, okay, I got to eat better. You know, it's like, oh, I just naturally am choosing things that feel more in alignment and 
better for my body or I'm going to sleep on time or whatever it is, right? Like it's just, it's a more natural process. It just helps things come together. But cause like, you're right. We have it within us. We totally, we all have it within us. We can just do it, but we've lost touch with how to do it, you know? And, and some of us never had it to begin with because that's not how we're taught. And so, yeah, I do love having these other options and I appreciate you sharing with your clients, hey, there are other things out there because homeopaths always joke. We're like, yep, you come to us because you've tried absolutely everything else and you're like, whatever this wackoness is, I'll try it out, you know, because it's a very different it's a very different experience than a lot of other things. Yeah. And that's sort of what I tell people, like, you know, I mostly get pretty holistically minded people, but when um, I have someone who is maybe like scared because of their trauma or whatever, I'm like, listen, you've tried everything else. And like a healing session, except maybe for the cost, like doesn't have much of a side effect, you know, like it, you know, it's not something you're gonna have to do forever. And like, talking about like changing the energy signature of a person it's like incredible sometimes when my people come back you know it's like I tell them sometimes especially like an initial healing session can be you know like a year's worth of therapy or something like that you know and I mean obviously I still think therapy can be valuable but like there's so much out there in the world and I feel like we're really at this like really major energy shift in the planet I just love to see these more like healing techniques and ancient wisdom come more mainstream. Agreed. Yeah. It's more accepted. Like if you want to try something new, you shouldn't have to be, you know, shunned, you know, like, because it's just, you just get to try it. You know, if you try acupuncture and you don't love it or it doesn't move you the way you were hoping, then you try something else. It shouldn't feel like you're, I don't know, like you've suddenly gone off the deep end because you're into something different, right? Like, yeah. And my hope for that is just like, get a recommendation, like for any practitioner, you know, if you're going to get like a plumber, if you're going to get an acupuncturist, like, you know, like ask for a referral, ask for a recommendation. And then I think that, you know, you're building off someone else's positive experience and that, you know, lends to, to more positive experiences. So um, we're in a human design certification program together. And so like, what's your profile? Like, how does that fit? Oh, um, I'm a manifesting janitor, 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 generator, and I am a three, five. So, <laughs> so what, what I found out, I, you know, we're both, we're okay. So to be clear, Megan knows way more about this than I do. I'm just starting my, my process, but it's been really helpful with my clients because you can kind of understand even more about them. Um, and you don't have to sit there and sort of contemplate it and, t- and tackle it that way. You can say, oh, I know their design. These are some of the key points. So I really appreciate that about it. But for myself, what uh, was really helpful learning about being a manifesting generator is just one, I have a lot of energy, mm-hmm. right? Like I have a lot of energy. So I, you know, can help my other, my clients realize like, I'm kind of more of like an energizer bunny. Like I realize that I've always realized that, but I still believe you have a lot of energy available to you based off of, you know, what could be changing for you and what, and small tweaks here and there. Right. But I, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like health coaching, yoga certification, Ayurveda. I did Reiki. I have, now I'm doing human design. I did classical homeopathy. Like I can handle a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And I am fascinated and I'm always learning and wanting to know more. Do you have that defined Ajna? Yes. 
Yeah, so do I. I have everything defined except for my head and my root. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's really interesting. That one made sense to me because I'm the same way. Like I really like to learn and like the templates and um, you know, in my younger days, I had more of a, a photographic memory. And so like, I loved like kind of to like dive deep into like systems or religious philosophies or just like theories basically. So that's kind of what drew me to psychology in the first place. Um, but yeah, I like, am jealous of the Manny Jens. I've got a lot of Manny Jens in my life. I'm a generator and I'm like, oh, they get to, I feel almost like a Manny Jen. I've got my Mars and Gemini. So it gives me a little bit of that, like into everything vibe. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but it's really interesting seeing my therapy clients that are mini gens. Um, you know, a lot of times they're um, getting sort of like shamed for not committing to things or like doing too much. Or even like I've had a couple of mini gens like sort of diagnosed as bipolar where I really don't think they're bipolar. <laughs> you know and so it's just that kind of energy that's like quick moving you know and so I just love doing uh, the the human design I've been kind of like I was with astrology charts we were talking about this earlier I'm just like let me see your chart I want to know but um, that's what's been so powerful for me working in a more traditional modality like therapy and like bringing in all this ancient wisdom or spiritual traditions pulling cards like whatever bringing my little modern witch twist to it like it helps people get better. And so I love that you're integrating all these different traditions. And I think when you go to someone like that, who's, you know, got their hands in a little bit of everything, it's like, you get to be, you know, like you have the answers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I kind of think, you know, what's really funny to me is that, you know, my, my sort of mantra or what I tell clients all the time. And when I write my marketing stuff, it's all about, you know, I make things simple not easy, but I make things simple. Like I have been quote unquote hacking since I started doing any of this, like let's make it as doable as possible. Right. So even though I, you know, when I started out as a health coach and I wanted people to eat better, it was like, how can we make this easy on you? Like you don't need to make like these fancy meals. Like you just need to be able to feed yourself and feel like it tastes good. You know, like it need to just relieve a lot of the pressure and the stress around it to make it doable, right? So this idea of just making like complex things really simple, I that's what I do. And then of course you learn about this in human design. You're like, yeah, that's what they do. You know, so it's just kind of a funny, it's a funny thing. And just the fact that the world, we have all of this information. And if we just settle ourselves, calm ourselves and actually like allow ourselves to become in tune, like, you know, the things. And then when you have like something like human design out there to be able to reflect upon and go, Oh, wow, that's, that's so, so on. But I knew that that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm always stressing to my clients. It's coming back. Like I'm always helping them tap into their intuition, right? Because using your intuition is what's going to help you move through the world in a way where you feel more in alignment. And it's just the same idea. It's like you can come in contact with something as cool as human design or as astrology. And when you really get into it and you're like, that makes sense for me, or that speaks to me because that's how I am. If you just allow yourself to just pay attention to what you already know, instead of always being like, I I don't know that I have the answer. Somebody else must, like, I'm always saying, let's release the need for external validation. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, because 
we think somebody else is going to fix us. Somebody else is going to make us better. Somebody has the pill. Somebody has the drink. Somebody has the whatever, the the right exercise. And it's really like if you just allow your yeah, if you just allow yourself the time to acknowledge what you already know, and then you just allow yourself to do it, which is the hard part, right? Because we've gotten so disconnected, but. Yeah, once you once you fall in line that way, you are able to see more clearly just the awesomeness that we have access to here on the planet, like homeopathy, like, wow, that you could go to somebody and they understand that there's these meridians in your body. Or if you talk to somebody who's really steeped in Ayurveda, like Ayurveda's knew things about the body before anyone ever cut somebody open and found those organs. They knew it. And they found that out by meditation. What? That's amazing, but it's because they quieted themselves and they allowed themselves to really go inside and con- commune with, you know, something greater that said, here are the answers. Are you willing to trust them? Oh yeah. Trust. I can tell you as <laughs> it's been 15 years as a psychologist, like trust talks with people. I mean, I think it's like one of the biggest core wounds and it's like, if you don't trust yourself, like, what do you really have? You know, if you can't trust your experience. And so I love what you're saying. And I, I, it's not always easy to go inwards, you know, especially if you've had trauma, like we don't necessarily want to like look at the monster in the closet kind of thing. But like when you do, and when you sit with it, like it, it, it transforms, you know, and that's what I love about like human design or any of these kind of like spiritual theories. Is it like, it gives you like a language to talk about the things that you already know, like, Oh, okay. I've got this you know, open heart center. And so that makes me like super empathic. And so I really need to like set good boundaries so that I'm not self-sacrificing all the time, you know? So it gives you like a language to say this thing. And I think it's so permission giving. And I think anything with these healing traditions is really about like tapping into this ancient knowledge. And it's so funny because (laughs) I see people being like, well, what's the science behind like lavender oil? Like, is that safe? It needs to be research tested. And I just really want to say like, as someone who like, spent all the money, did a PhD, did a dissertation, ran research, like research can be wrong. You know, it's numbers. You can have a statistical error, Um, you know, medical and psychology. I mean, we're really only talking about like what, like 100, 150 years as like sort of modern medicine as we know it. Whereas like these ancient wisdom practitioners, the indigenous, like, I mean, they are tapped into a knowledge that they have known for thousands thousands of years so I just Mm. think how like modern society just discredits all of that um and I feel like we just like worship logic you know the masculine kind of logical analytical numbers and there's so much wisdom to be found in the hello like divine feminine revolution (laughs) well they took that from us yeah right like they did a great job of marketing they, they decided we need to get rid of the midwives. We need to get rid of this. We need, we only want them coming to us. Yeah. It was a very strategic targeted marketing effort and it, it won, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing that really, what, what I would say too, about like studying drugs and people who are interested in pharmaceuticals, you can look at almost every single pharmaceutical and there are herbs in there. And then they, they, they change everything and add some other components and they create a compound and then they can actually patent it. You can look all of this up. I, it was so great. I went to a museum a few years ago that had an, a pharmacology like exhibit and they were talking about, they really 
for whatever reason, I don't know how I got there, right? But I was went to this museum and they had this great herbal like history. And then they were talking about don't fool yourself. All of the, you know, pharmaceuticals out there are typically connected to like a major herb. And then they did some other stuff so they could patent it. So it's like, but then you hear all those people who are confused. Well, there hasn't been enough research on St. John's wort, or there hasn't been enough research on goji berries or, and it's like, yeah, they're probably, they, you know, there has definitely been research, but they they know something that they don't want you to know. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take pharmaceuticals. I'm just saying, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, well, obviously they know better, you know, than people who've been herbalists for hundreds of years, you know. Well, yeah. And like you said, I love that you said the good marketing because like, yeah, we've been inundated and like programmed and brainwashed to like, you know, believe the establishment. So I think that's one of the exciting things that's happening is some of this more like ancient wisdom is coming more mainstream and because of the internet, because of like, I think this is where coaching is like really an exciting field to be a part of, even though like there's something (laughs) that I could complain about coaching. Like it's also like really revolutionary. And like, I think people that are standing up as spiritual teachers, as energy teachers and, and really like making this knowledge like available and accessible to people through like podcasts and live streams and whatever. Um, it's exciting because it's like unlocking these codes where people can really just like ascend higher. I agree. (laughs) I love that. Um, so, you know, it sounds like a lot of your work is making people feel better. And so, I'm kind of wondering. (laughs) I have to interject just for a second because in the last two weeks, I had several clients say, every time I see you, I cry. (laughs) Or I got an, I got an email from somebody else who said, you know, remember when I said that I, you know, I reached out, they they reached out to me because they wanted to work with me. I talked to them and apparently this is what they heard. They heard, you told me I had to really hit rock bottom before you'd work with me. And I was like, like, those are the message I was getting. And it was pretty funny because it's like, I'm here to help somebody move through it. Right. It's not fun. It's yeah. scary. It's hard. We're resistant. Do we want to grow? Do we want to become the people that we want to become? And so I, I ask a lot of deep questions, right? So I, I always tell clients who come to me, like, you didn't come here for me to coddle you. You didn't come here for me to just tell you what you want to hear. You came for me because you, you came to me because you realize your life is ready to really like open up and transform and for you to feel like restored to your real natural state. Like you don't come to me because they do come to me because I help them feel better, but I am also... I do challenge them a lot as well. And even though the, the clients, especially these two, you know, they were, they were crying. They're like, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad I talked to you because I was feeling so frustrated. I was feeling like I wasn't making progress. I was feeling like, and it's like, nope, none of that's true. But it's funny because I get, you know, so anyway, I get accused of that. <laughs> so yeah. even though they feel better, there also is a lot of, there is a lot of tough things to move through. I totally get that. And obviously the energy has been very intense in this whole year of 2020. And so I was just having this conversation with one of my clients who we were doing some trauma work. And I was like, you know, like if you're already feeling kind of bad, because let's face it, everybody is to some extent, unless you're ascending higher than that, 
field, um, you know, like might as well do the trauma work because it kind of sucks to do trauma work when you're feeling really good. So I think this is a trauma work year for everybody. (laughs) But I'm just kind of wondering, um, you know, I love a lot of like the teachings of Abraham and stuff. And so always like thinking about like, how can I get to like a positive uh, feeling thought or feeling and you know, I think people just like really bottom out in negative emotion. And I think our society really like perpetuates and like encourages fear and yeah. you know, guilt and doubt and anger. And all cells. Like yeah. That. And all the not self themes, right. If you go in and talk human design language. And so, you know, like I agree, like, I think you have to cry to heal, like to move through those negative emotions, to face them, to release them, all of that stuff. Why do you think people like to like kind of camp out in negative emotion? Any thoughts on that? Oh, well, I think it's going to be a little different for everyone, but I would say generally, you know, it's just so entrenched in who you believe yourself to be, Uh right? Like if you believe that you are worthless and you believe that you can't find, let's say the relationship that you want, or you believe that you will never have the health that you desire or whatever it is. If that were not true, that's the thing. That's the sticking point. If that were not true, then what the F, you know, what have I been doing to myself? There's like the regret that would sink in. There's the like, well, wait a second, I've been missing out on my life on purpose. And then you want to berate yourself for that. So instead, let's just stay where we are, really stay entrenched, and then not have to feel bad either way. Like, because I can't have what I want. So I'm just going to keep telling you like how bad it is, you know? Yeah, totally. So I'm kind of curious, like, I don't know if you work much with mindset, but I noticed this with a lot of my clients is like, sometimes they have to have that energetic shift before they can get into like the more positive mindset. And so that's why I feel like energy work is so important. And obviously if people have like attachments or different things going on, that's like, you know, keeping what I notice is keeping them in that like fear-based loop um and that's where I feel like Reiki or any kind of energy work practice can be really good for breaking out of that and then it's like you know like (laughs) like oh my gosh like maybe there is a different reality available to me so I'm just kind of curious like well is it like chicken and the egg do you find that like once the energy you know, transforms, it's easier to to envision that new life and identity. Yes, I, I do. I do. I think, you know, it depends as well. Like if the person is generally a hopeful person or not there in homeopathy, we call those different states people have. So there's like 5,000 different remedies to choose from. And so when I am meeting with the client, you know, you're generally kind of assessing what kind of pockets are really important about them so that you can start to really quickly narrow things down? Like, do I want to give them a plant remedy, an animal remedy? Do I want to, you know, like, what do I want to do a mineral? Um, And it's based off of the kind of language that they have, how they see the world, how they've operated in the world. And so, yes, when they get, when they get a remedy that is similar to where they're at right in those moments that they're meeting with you, then it's so much easier for them to start working on the hard stuff. And sometimes some of those, like, sometimes they'll just be like, I don't know, that's just not bothering me anymore at all. Like, you know how it is. I'm, I'm sure as a coach, especially not even just a therapist, but as a coach, clients come back to you. This is what you're taught in coaching guys. Cause clients come to you and they say, 
nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. And as a coach, you're like, oh my God, you know, like if you haven't done any real work as a coach, you'd just be like, oh God, nothing's changed. Okay. I didn't do my job. But if you check in and you say, for me, I'll use myself as an example. Well, how, how have the periods been? Oh yeah. They're yeah. Actually really, really non-eventful this, the last two months. Oh, okay. And how have you been sleeping? A lot better. And, you know, how have your dreams been? You know, like I'll, lots of different things. How's your energy level? What kinds of foods have you been eating? Oh, okay. You know, and then they have to admit like things actually are shifting, but it isn't that quick fix, like quick, you know, I'm snapping my fingers here. Like it, it, it didn't happen instantaneously where everything's suddenly coming up roses, but yet there are the shifts. And then as they start to really sink in and to see that, then they can start buying in more and more that like the efforts that they're putting in are making a difference. And the mindset shifts are, are easier and easier because they are feeling like they're moving in the right direction and they feel like I can go out on that limb. Yeah, I see that in my clients all the time. Like they will not recognize their own transformation. And so oftentimes it's like the friends, the family members. And so I'll say like, ask your people, like what's different about me? You know, because they're feeling all the feelings and if they're doing trauma work or if they're like making major life changes, like that can be like new and scary. Um, I've even seen this with myself. I just went through like a big eclipse cycle being a Cancer and a Capricorn. And so those were where the nodes were, the destiny thing. And that's when I really got into coaching over the past two years. And I'm still, even though I've been a psychologist for a long time, I'm still kind of a baby coach. And so just like recognizing like, like things have shifted so much and my energy is so much different and my reach is so much bigger and I have so much more to say and it's so much more powerful. But I think as like humans, we're not like really encouraged to do that positive mindset work and to claim it. So yes. I like the brags and I like, yes. you know, like encouraging our desires and um, doing that you know, just like, um, we love to identify in the negative, right. But like, you know, it's so revolutionary to like really identify in the positive. I agree with you because this whole idea of, um, we've got like dinging happening. Um, yeah, that's just the universe being like, Sorry. yeah, I'm just going to inter- I'm just going to distract you. Um, yeah, you know, this whole idea that having somebody kind of be the mirror when you, because so many of us, if we walk around not feeling enough, not feeling deserving, like it's almost difficult to look in the mirror and be like, oh my gosh, look at how sparkly your eyes are. Look at that beautiful smile. Look at how, like, look at how you're feeling. Look at how you're showing up. Look at, you know, it feels too weird. We're not supposed to, to, to talk about ourselves that way. Like that's bragging, you know, instead of like, it's a celebration. That's always a big thing because as you start to transform, right, it bumps up and rubs up against those people that you spend the most of your time with. Right. And they can not like it because it's showing them where they are not showing up for themselves. And so then they can be kind of harsh because they are trying to put you back to your place so that they don't have to like come up with you, you know? So, I mean, not always, right? Not always. People are not always doing that to each other, but it's enough. It's enough where it can really... I think that's so important, especially in like partnerships, you know, you got to rise together and it's so amazing to me how people will self-sabotage and, you know, in coaching, we call it like upper limit, a little upper limit, 
um, because we want to stay in our safe but miserable (laughs) sometimes reality and so it's so powerful to like kind of break through um some of those moments and I feel like this is like a huge moment in our earth and in our world. And so I sort of like to ask people, like if you could wave a magic wand and sort of bring energy alchemy to the world, like what's your vision for the future? What would you like to see happen in the positive? You know, I really would love it if we could think about ourselves as a collective, you know, think about ourselves as humanity not as an us versus them, you know, not as a, well, if this person is going to suddenly be more healthy, more resilient, more that, gosh, they're suddenly more beautiful, whatever we think, right. And be like, revere that versus say, well, why did that happen to them? You know, like, instead of it having to be about just them and not also you also being able to come into your own at the right right pace and time and have the respect for the fact that everybody has their own journey. Like if we could just be more in tune with the fact everybody's human, everybody suffers, everybody has challenges and we need to take care of everybody. Like I really, I mean, I really believe that I, I am not super knowledgeable when it comes to politics. I think maybe some of the things I listed might be called socialistic that, you know, like I don't really know personally. All I know is that, you know, I've lived in different countries and I think when you, and I've traveled not extensively lately, but I've had traveled a lot when I was younger. And I mean, if you just realize people are people, why, if you didn't fear them, if you just thought of them as like, oh my gosh, they helped me get from point A to point B because I couldn't, I didn't actually understand the language. They helped me pick out a lovely meal to eat. They were there for me. They took care of me when I wasn't it, surrounded by things that I understood or knew. And you just realize that's how people are. That's how humans are. Humans want other humans to succeed. And the more that we all tap into that energy, I think that we would heal as not just a country, right, in the U.S., but we would heal as the earth, you know? And I know that sounds kind of silly or simplistic, but it's like, I just want people to realize that it's not an us versus them. Yeah, like, I'm, and in my mind, that's like a lot of feminine energy. And so, you know, not necessarily like bound by gender, like obviously men and women can both have it. I think women are encouraged to express it more, but it's that like mama quality of like, inclusion and you know like unconditional love and you know like I feel like at the same time um there's this piece of like really allowing yourself to be fully expressed because everybody is it's kind of like what they say um in some of the more like indigenous cultures like in the village if something really goes awry like the whole village like circles around that person and like mirrors them with like what's amazing about them and they look at it as like oh we've like kind of forgotten this person Versus like in some of our more modern societies, we like lock those people away, you know, and we isolate them further. And so I really just think just like, like you're saying, just that like kind of egalitarian and collaborative like fusion, I think really is, you know, there's a a great movie called like I Am, it's a documentary um, that's really good. And it talks about how um, we, like that whole survival of the fittest really is kind of a myth because animals even will collaborate and so you know whoever did this like patriarchal marketing you know they definitely got the bro marketing piece down and it was widespread and it's like inundated and there are other ways to go and so 
you know, I think that that's a really important part is I think really, you know, there's an opportunity for coaches in particular because they have big voices and platforms to really say like, Hey, there's another way we can do this. Yeah. You know, and it is just as simple as caring about each other, but that means like connecting. And, you know, for me, I've done like years and years of groups um, and group therapy. And there's this like universality of, even if someone has gone through something so extreme you think like once in a lifetime kind of thing because it's so intense. Like someone else in the group knows someone, they can identify with the feelings. There's just like universal human experience where they're like, I know what you mean. And it's yeah. so powerful because it reduces shame, you know? So I think as we can have all of this like coming together, I think the internet is, you know, a big part of that. Obviously, you can be used in the negative to propagandize people, but I'm all about the positive. <laughs> so I love that vision and I think it is um it's simple but you know it's um deep so Mary tell us a little bit about like where do we find you how can we work for you what are your current offers well where I spend a lot of my time is I I run a group I call it's called the joyful feminist and it's on it's on Facebook, so you can find it there. The Joyful Feminist, self-care, wellness, and intuition. So I'm in there a lot. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Mary the Energy Alchemist, or you can find me at my website, Mary Langfield, L-A-N-G-F-I-E-L-D.com. And right now I am taking a, a few homeopathic clients. Generally, I always tell my clients, if you are interested in more of like the warp speed, like transformation, like you are ready to like get on, on the track and move forward, then I like to use coaching along with homeopathy. So I have some programs in that way. And then I am taking a few just only homeopathy or like, okay, I don't know that I'm fully ready. But as we just said, you know, once you get on a good remedy, you feel like you are moving forward. I do, I, they're not listed uh, yet, but I do have a few six week and eight week yoga classes that will be slow flow rest. I call them slow flow restoration. So we do a lot of restorative yoga, gentle yoga. We do yoga nidra. We do different practices to help you really feel like you're getting the rest and you're recharging like you need to because so many of us are so depleted. And I do a monthly Sunday self-care circle. So where we get together as a group, women, we check in, we do some movement, we do some journaling, some visualization, some meditation. So if any of that sounds good, you can just reach out to me and I can kind of steer you in the right direction. I love that so much. And you can just tell that like you're glowing, not just from your back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> If you are if you are not watching this and you are listening on the podcast, you will not see this strange background I have. But I was telling her, I don't have quite the setup in my house yet, so I have this weird glowy background. Well, I'm gonna I'm, like that's on my to do list now. I'm gonna make like a fun background, so you give me a great idea. Wait, wait, wait. it's just been pleasurable. I love your energy. It's been really fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Thank you, Megan, for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> like my bag, all my crap over there, but. <laughs> We'll edit that part out of the podcast, but thank you all so much for watching. I really appreciate you, Mary. I love to see you like synthesizing these modalities. I feel like that is like the cutting edge and it's really exciting because it's going to get people like, you know, a whole new world of results. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Everybody for watching. Go look her up. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.